How's the bacon, did you say? Yo, what's good, ladies, gentlemen, and germs? It's your boy Elijah here, and we got another episode of CHN Radio for you, an emergency pod. I told you we'd be back, and here we are. We're back at it, and today I'm joined by my very good friend, Zach Pensack. Zach, how are you doing? Dude, I'm good. It's been an exciting day in, in world football between a few Champions League fixtures and uh, the news on time side. So uh, I definitely want to stay engaged with. I don't know if you're aware of this, um, but according to uh, Newcastle fans, you're really only allowed to follow Newcastle and, and that's about it. Um, so <laughs> we're just going to ignore the fact you said other things were happening in world football. Nope, just Newcastle. That's fair. I, I guess uh, I'll, I'll say that I've been I've been tracking the the progress of, of former Newcastle players uh, mm. throughout their time in the Champions League. Yeah, there That's, you go. You know, it, it's it's the it's a tradition that if you're not good enough for Newcastle, you will be good enough for Portuguese teams that play in the uh, the final sixteen of the Champions there League. There you go. That, that's how it works. Um, but yeah, so Zach, you guys are probably f- familiar with him if you listened to the pod before. We've done some stuff with him. And Adam over at the False Nines, uh, please give them a listen. Um, if you haven't, uh, literally their episode will be right below this one. So just just do them back to back. Um, but yeah, uh, Zach, where can the people find you on the Twitters? Yeah, so finding me on Twitter at Z Pensack. That's my name, uh, Z P E N S A K. Uh, so you can you can hit me up there. I'm typically spouting uh, negative Newcastle connotations, but that that kind of might take a chance. So I'm gonna have to figure out what my new my new viral voice is gonna be like now that uh, things are slightly more on the up for for Newcastle. Well, might be on the up as we'll, we'll talk about here. I mean, you're a Mets fan, so um, mm-hmm. I think I think that that might have it covered. Think- Exactly. Yeah. I have enough pessimism for, for multiple clubs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And of course you can follow uh, the rest of the Newcastle squad here at coming home, Newcastle at coming home in UFC. Um, and then the podcast account at CHN underscore podcast. You can follow me at Elijah underscore Newsome, but I don't suggest that you do. You'll probably just be bored and wondering why I tweet so much about Atlanta sports. All right, let's, let's actually get to the news Zach, because it's a big day. Uh, for the for many folks who follow Newcastle United, Steve Bruce and Newcastle United have mutually parted ways. That, I'll that's, just let that let what, that, that yeah let, let it simmer for a second. Finally happened. Two seasons, Steve Bruce, and it, it's he's now gone. Zach, what was your immediate reaction to this? I mean, it, it was it was an interesting thing to, you know, to see the alert of this morning because we've ever since the 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 transferring of the ownership of Newcastle has gone through, it, it seemed like, you know, it should be happening any moment now. So there wasn't any sort of like 
exclaim or even necessarily excitement. It, it was more just like, okay, great, got it done on to the next one, right? Because uh, it's it's such a foregone conclusion. And I know there were reports of Amanda Stavely back in January of 2021 uh, making a statement uh, or a leaked statement, I guess, that Steve Bruce would be gone in the, the first minute of the new ownership. And obviously, as we saw on the weekend, that wasn't necessarily true. So yeah, uh, excitement, but one that came with kind of the urgency of, okay, we need to figure out what's next. And you know, Steve Bruce not having been fired on the weekend and having managed Newcastle to a, another loss against Tottenham, uh, it's it just, it was a matter of when is this going to happen and when can we just kind of keep the ball rolling going forward? Yeah, and to that point, I mean, I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of fans who were wanting Steve Bruce to get fired day one, and I think like it's just you have to remind yourself how quickly all this happened. Uh, and in an ideal world, Definitely. the takeover happens in the summer, and you know it makes sense to immediately clean house. <laughs> but uh, this happened. I mean, and this was like best case scenario for in season takeover because it happened during an international break. And even then, like uh, like Amanda Stavely hadn't really gotten a chance to sit down properly with Steve Bruce until the following Monday before Spurs. Um, and then even then, it was just kind of like, a, you know, you fire him, but you need to have some sort of backup plan. You need to have some sort of caretaker in place. And we do know that Graham Jones will be the caretaker um, for the time being. But, I mean, it also appears that the reason that this firing happened was because they were close to – figuring out who their next manager was going to be already. And so like, you know, in the beginning we were linked to literally everyone underneath the sun and going into this week, it's been narrowed down to a final, a final three per se that, that will, that could take over uh, you know, the, the managerial duties at Newcastle, but we'll get to that in a second real quick. I do want to just quickly spout out what the club said. Um, their statement was Newcastle can confirm that Steve Bruce has left his position as head coach by mutual consent he leaves the Magpies after more than two years in charge, having steered the club to 13th and 12th place finishes in Premier League and reaching a quarterfinal stage in both the Emirates FA Cup and Carabao Cup during his tenure. You know, we want to go on record to blah, 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 et cetera. Steve Bruce said, I'm grateful for everyone connected with Newcastle United for the opportunity to manage this unique football club. I'd like to thank my coaching team, the players, the support staff in particular for all their hard work. There's been highs and lows. They've given everything, even in difficult moments, and should be proud of their effort. This is a club with incredible support and i hope the new owners can take it forward where we all want it to be i wish everyone the best of luck for the rest of the season and beyond and of course it then goes uh graham jones will be taking over temporarily um and a recruitment of a new head coach is underway an appointment will be announced in due course no more statements from the club and real quick uh just a couple more things um just you heard what steve bruce said zach in the statement to newcastle uh, to the fans, this is a club in, with incredible support, and I hope the new owners can take it forward where we all want it to be. Wish everyone the very best of luck. So he's very like commendable. You know, this is a club with great support, and then you compare this to like what he said <laughs> uh, to an exclusive uh, with with the Chronicle, and I mean, oh, this with with the Telegraph. Sorry, and he he just said, you know. <laughs> Okay, so he talks about this. He says this. It's not just about me. This, this. He said, I think this might be my last job. It's not just about me. He's taking his toll on my whole family because they're all Jordies, and I can't ignore that. Um, as we've seen, Alex Bruce has been very, uh, um, very active about Steve Bruce's uh, struggles with the Newcastle fan base. And then, of course, uh, he he goes on to say, people called me tactically inept cabbage head. 
I'm really, I really like to thank all the people who worked alongside me because I can be demanding and hard work, blah, blah, blah. When we get beat, I get very low and et cetera, et cetera. So even when he leaves the club by mutual consent, he's still firing shots at the fans. He's still firing shots at the media. Um, even Alex Bruce alluded to yesterday that, um, mm-hmm. that Craig Hope was going to drop a bombshell article that was going to tarnish Steve Bruce's reputation. And that article was that Isaac Hayden and uh, Jamal Sells got into a little bit of a bust up at the training ground, which again, it happens, but it does seem like over the last couple seasons, it's happened a fair few times under Steve Bruce between players, between him and players. It's, it's been interesting, but I don't know, Zach, what, I mean, you've kind of, we got the the pleasantries out of the way. Steve Bruce Mm -hmm. in a nutshell, like, how do you feel about his tenure at Newcastle? About his tenure at Newcastle, I I think it was it was somewhat doomed from the start, and I think that what what will make Steve Bruce's legacy and what what people will most remember is the way in which he kind of piled on the pain to himself. I, I think in a lot of ways Steve Bruce was his own worst enemy. Um, Newcastle was a far too big of a club for him to manage, and. That's despite the fact that we're we're not a club competing for anything right now. We're not a club that's competed for anything in quite a long time. But Steve Bruce is, in my mind, at best, a a mid-championship side manager. You know, he's gotten teams promoted. He's kept teams up. But Steve Bruce clearly is far behind the ball when it comes to tactical awareness and kind of the advancements in the game. Where what I mean when I say that he was his own worst enemy is that he had a tendency to deflect and vilify, as you mentioned, both the fans and the media throughout his tenure. You know, he ends his tenure with a streak of only seven wins in his last 38 matches managing Newcastle United. And it's one thing if you have a manager who's going out there. Uh, An interesting example uh, is uh, Nigel Pearson at Bristol City in the championship, a team that is now, uh, I believe it's winless in their last 17 home matches. And Nigel Pearson is a widely liked manager by the fan base because he makes these statements about, you know, it was a a tough roll of the dice this week. We're, we're making adjustments where he, he speaks on kind of what's going on behind the scenes and uh, backing his players, backing the fans. Whereas Steve Bruce, you know, I think he felt the pressure and, and he kind of used it as a, a bit of a, a sob story and made himself out to be the victim. And something we all know about Newcastle United fans and, and football fans in general is we don't have a lot of patience for a manager who's making himself out to be the victim, especially if he's going to go ahead and insult fans, insult the media in a city so secular and so dedicated to their football like Newcastle. So as a whole, Steve Bruce's tenure, I, I think it, I think he's probably a good man. Alex, uh, Alan St. Maximin made a statement today saying that, you know, Steve Bruce is one of the best people he has in his life and he's supportive and he is a, a great person. There was an interesting element of that statement that did not involve anything about football. Uh, and I think that pretty much sums up Steve Bruce, not a good manager, probably a, a completely decent human being, but one that somewhat crumbled under the pressure and made himself out to be the villain, uh, whether unintentionally or intentionally at Newcastle United. Yeah. And, and to follow up on that, here's Alan St. Maxman's statement. He said, you are without a doubt one of the most gentle people I've ever met in the world of football. You've been a man of your word, a caring man and a fair man who never hesitated to protect us. I'll never forget how you treated me for that. I will be forever grateful. It has been an honor and privilege to have you as a coach. Thank you, Steve. And um, Jack Grealish, uh, he he replied to it. So, uh, hey, Jack, Jack Grealish 
ASM link up. Chan chip caliber. <laughs> 2024. Bring bring Grealish home. Um, no, but uh I I think I agree with that as well. I think um again, like the I think the arrogance uh towards fans is what really did Steve N. I think I mean yeah. you and I have had this discussion all the time of like Steve Bruce was a likable person in the beginning of his Newcastle tenure. I think he knew he was out of his depth. Uh, again, he was doing from the start. You go from Rafa to being legitimately like it was really sad to see like the amount of managers turning down the Newcastle job. And then it got to Steve Bruce. And in the beginning, it was very nice, uh, very appreciative of the moment, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, like he had some he had some moments where he definitely wasn't taking blame for things, but it was forgivable with some of his laughable moments like the how's the bacon moment and or where's the bacon moment. And like, I think he, I remember, I think that first season he tried to recruit uh, Kevin De Bruyne during an interview when we were playing Man City. Like there were some likable moments, but I think as the season wore on, especially when fans returned, it just got really like, it got really dicey with, with Bruce because he would just refuse to accept any blame, um, blame his defense, blame his attack, say we're not doing enough of this. And it was all things that as the manager, he's in control of. So it's like you yeah. can't complain about your defense when you're the one who's organizing the defense or you can't Absolutely. say like, and, and he of course had this song and dance for his entirety of his tenure where he was very much always saying that like, we're playing like, like the team has to stop playing the previous version of a uh, of football that they have been playing or basically saying that like, it's not his team yet. It's not his tactics yet. And he said that up until the very end until like, you know, really until Graham Jones came in, he really didn't ever claim to like have his stamp on anything. And so um, it, it's just, it's been an interesting thing. And it's, it's one of those where there's a lot of, a lot of people commenting on this firing and, and commenting on the fact that Newcastle fans are happy about it. And I mean, it just, it's baffling to me that people are like, why are Newcastle fans? Like they should have given them more time. We've seven games into the premier league and he hasn't won anything. We're in 19th. Um, you saw Watford, they walked, their manager walked away like uh, two weeks ago. And you see, uh, you know, any other team um, where you've got seven wins in your last 38, your, your grounds to be fired. And just because it's Newcastle doesn't mean that like, we don't deserve a coach that is better than the bare minimum. Um, and so, Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I enjoyed like elements of the Steve Bruce tenure, but really towards the end where he just like didn't accept responsibility and more and more things came about his trainings. Like you, you, it makes sense. He's a, a player's coach when, you know, players are getting two, three days off a week um, and training yeah. sessions are really light. And it's like as much as, and again, this will be an interesting thing to watch down the road. Like I say Maxman, he had his issues before at other clubs. I'm curious to see how will the players respond because some of them, John Joe Shelby did not respond well when they're being pushed. Um, Alan T. Maxman previously, like based on what we've heard in the past, doesn't respond well. There's certain players, Almiron, Wilson, I'm not really worried about. When we bring in a new manager that wants to compete and wants to win, that means training is going to get way more difficult than it has been under Bruce. Like the players have been coasting uh, under in yeah. the Bruce era. I mean, multiple days off, uh, light jogs, not a lot of cardio. Like, I mean, they've been coasting. And so whoever's brought in next, it's going to be a complete shift. For uh, for for a lot of these players who who played almost entirely under Bruce, um, and so I don't know. I'm I'm curious about that that aspect. Uh, Zach, you got any other any other thoughts regarding uh, the the Bruce era? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think last thing, kind of echoing what you just mentioned there, Elijah, is there will be a shift in culture immediately, even if Graham Jones, and I don't expect this to be the case, as we'll kind of dig into in a moment, but even if Graham Jones, let's say, does end up being the interim manager until the end of the season, the, the culture will change immediately. And I, I think that, you know, there, there are plenty of players on Newcastle United right now that I like as a fan. I, I like watching them play. I like it's They seem like, you know, good people, but there is going to need to be a cutting of the fat immediately. And there's going to need to be uh, a stress test of who is willing to play at the Premier League level. John Joe Shelby will, will not be a Newcastle United player next year. That's like there, there are certain players that you, you know right off the bat are gone. And the weekend was emblematic of that. Um, expect most of the defense to be gone next season. Uh, you know, they, like looking at just the quality on the field is one thing, but you're right. I think what is an interesting kind of subplot to either follow or perhaps we won't really have the insight into as fans who aren't you know knowledgeable about the actual day-to-day training is who is willing to put out that shift and who's willing to really commit themselves to the cause um so i i do i i i'm very interested to to see you know the the relationship between the new manager and the players and exactly like who's up for it it's the perfect test who is who is willing to to really to really get down there and fight for their place yeah, and of course, and and kind of we'll we'll close out on the Bruce segment in a sec. Just I'm I'm just curious to see what what this team because you saw what what Rafa did with this team, and we know Rafa is a world class manager, like et cetera, et cetera. I mean, what he does is, it, you know, he he a very high bar. Um, but Bruce had a somewhat improved on paper an improved team than what Rafa had. Um, looking at the someone said Steve Bruce is managing championship side, so I literally went back and looked at championship side. And pretty much a third of the players from that championship roster are, are still here. And of those third, it's it's like guys who are most most nine times out of ten they're backups, or they've legitimately improved. So I mean, you've got like an Isaac Hayden, obviously, but you know John Joe Shelby. I mean, he's been sort of relegated this season to essentially being a backup. Carl Darlow, he's he's a backup. Paul Dummett, he's a backup. He's barely healthy. And so it's like I don't know if it's really fair to say Steve Bruce has managed the championship side when. The, the club have gone out and, and spent a hundred million pounds on players over the past couple of seasons. You've brought in Alan Sam, actually brought in Miguel Amaron. You brought in Joel Linton. You've brought in uh, Jamal Lewis. You've brought in Javi Mankio even before that, you know? So it's like, there are players who I just genuinely don't think we've ever seen the best of. Uh, and I mean, I think we, we've, we can, I mean, I, I missed Calum Wilson and Ryan Fraser, but I think there's another, another level of Newcastle that we haven't unlocked yet. We've seen glimpses of it. But, I mean, like, Steve Bruce did a lot of things that were questionable. And, for example, playing players out of position. And it's like, I mean, if we if we have a manager that simply could figure out what's the best way to utilize Joel Linton, what's the best way to use utilize Miguel Amaron, what's the best way to utilize Ryan Fraser, how can we get Alan St. Max, Miguel Amaron, and Ryan Fraser on the pitch at the same time without it looking like an absolute mess, then I think that we're already better off. And even though I think there will be some 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 fat trimmed um, – I don't know how much of it it will will it will actually occur in the next you know couple of windows just due to like you, you can have so much turnover but you know yeah I think some of the defense will be gone but I, I think like a Fabian share is probably going to still be here I think like Jamal Sells is probably still going to be here I think you're probably yeah. getting rid of Federico Fernandez or Karen Clark maybe both um, so I think there's there's going to be some some interesting transition um, to close this out uh, Zach is there any Bruce moment you know that stuck out to you 
positive or negative. Um, I- I'll go positive. Uh, so if you want to go negative, okay. and or if you want to go positive, we can just end Bruce's time on a good note. It- it's up to you. Um. Yeah. Let- let's hear. Let's let's hear what your moment is, and I'll 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 see what I want to marry that to. Oh, it's the where's the ba- the how's the bacon moment, whatever that that whole press conference. Like it's now. I don't know why I keep butchering the quote because it, it makes no sense. That's why I keep butchering it. Um, I'll throw it in. It'll probably be the intro to this pod, honestly, um, because it's just funny and just like I don't yeah. know why he would have thought a reporter was asking about bacon. But if there is a quote to sum up Steve Bruce, it's that. And probably secondly would probably be that uh that that uh Man City sort of trying to recruit Kevin De Bruyne during an interview. Uh, like it was like a post-game interview and Kevin De Bruyne is talking and then Steve Bruce is like, oh, yeah, he's going to come over to Newcastle. Like, and I was just like, that's mm-hmm. funny. And that and you can tell why he was a well-liked and well-respected figure around um, around the, the training ground. It, it's good to remember those parts, but then you look at the product on the pitch and it's just like as, as nice of a guy as he is, like – you, you look at what you see on the pitch and you're like, this team is getting relegated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think it is good to remember even the, you know, satirically nice moments. Uh, I'll say, I'll say probably what I will remember the most, unfortunately, and I'll end this on kind of a, a jokingly positive note, but I, I think that, I think that the three, no loss against uh, Brighton and Hove Albion last season was, was really the moment where it, it seemed as though we were going to go down and it, um, it, I think that really summed up Steve Bruce in a lot of ways, going to a, a, a club that is not going to, you know, press super high. We're not a club that we can just sit back and, and try to absorb pressure. Uh, and everything kind of crumbled around Newcastle, despite the fact that, you know, Brighton and Hope Albion was one of the lowest scoring teams in the Premier league. So I think that was emblematic of his managerial abilities. Um, but yes, there were some positive moments. The the win against Bournemouth uh, during the postponed end of the season last summer was a, a really fantastic moment. I mean, potentially the the best win that he had as manager. Uh, and then a special shout out to to Steve Bruce's place in the new FIFA 22 preview of yes. him sprinting onto the pitch. It uh, seeming to be faster than the entire Newcastle United team. I just. I just got FIFA 22 uh, today, so I'm excited to, to watch that on the big screen. Well, the next update will have a different manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be an update in like two weeks. It'll be a different manager. So get it while you can. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to take a short break here, throw a little commercial action. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, Zach and I get a little kickback. So uh, we'll be back with you in a sec. Boom. Okay, we're back. Um, and so kind of to close this little emergency pod out, we're going to talk about the three managers that have been linked to Newcastle thus far. I know in our uh, emergency pod, Greg and I talked about, um, I mean, post-takeover, Greg and I talked about who we'd like to see. I think we we touched on managers a, a little bit. Um, but uh, these are the three names we've been linked to uh, so far. I'm going to butcher... Um, at least two of these names because i always do it's eddie howe i think good you, yeah you, you did okay. a good job on on the english manager <laughs> uh, well hey no in fairness that's the one i mess up i usually go eddie ho uh because i think okay. that's hilarious it's paulo finesca and lucien fabre or is it favre uh it's 
It's it's Favre, and unfortunately, you kind of mixed up the letters there. Paulo Fonseca, uh, not Fonesca. Oh my gosh! So, ooh, so, so you were you were you were you were too busy thinking and worried about messing up Eddie Howe. <laughs> no, it really was. I was only Double focused nothing. on that one. <laughs> anyway, um, three managers, um, three like interesting. Like it's a very like interesting mix of managers because you've got Eddie, who um, obviously. Uh, had a remarkable run with Bournemouth, uh, just bringing them pretty much all the way from non-league up to the prem. Uh, spent a, a good bit of time there, uh, relatively young as well. Um, and then you've got uh, Fonseca, who most nice. recently was with Roma, um, has won uh, in multiple leagues in Europe, doesn't have any Premier League experience, but again, a little bit on the younger side, um, sort of a, uh, a flashier signing, uh, most recently linked to Tottenham. That didn't work mm-hmm. out. Um, so, again, like high profile. And then uh, Favre is another sort of high profile guy. Um, again, a little bit older, wealth of experience, um, of course, had success at Dortmund. Um, and those are the three finalists that we know of so far. It, it's looking like uh, one of those three uh, is probably going to be the one for the job. Um, but off the top of your head, Zach, is there anything that sticks out to you about any of these managers? Um, I know we can kind of talk through what each one does tactically um, as well, but just off your initial thoughts, hearing that those are the three names that could take over for Steve Bruce after the short-lived Graham Jones era. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. You know, if those are the final three, we've seen every manager under the sun, Lampard, Gerard, Antonio Conte, who was never going to go to Newcastle uh, linked with this job, but of those three, there is an interesting kind of like three ends of the spectrum, if you yeah. will. Eddie Howe, uh, a, a person who famously went from playing for Bournemouth to managing Bournemouth. So a, a, a man who's you know been very centralized with his, uh, his time as a manager. Uh, Paulo Fonseca has managed in Portugal, managed actually uh, in the Ukraine and then uh, in Italy. And then Lucien Favre, who is a a Swiss German manager um, by far the most experienced of those three. And really, as you said, was was most known for his time at Dortmund, which ended last year. So I I think that, you know, obviously all three, a step up from, from our current situation. And I think it becomes a, a question of what you want the priority to be with the manager. I think that Eddie Howe would probably be able to come in and, be able to really implement his, his style and his uh, kind of relationship with the players, probably the fastest, not just being an Englishman himself, but uh, how known for a fairly defensive style uh, and Newcastle, the the highest, uh, the the team with the the most goals allowed in the Premier league this season. So that would be a a welcome change uh, to to where we're currently at. Whereas, as you said, Fonseca and Favre known to, to manage teams that have those flair players play attacking football, Roma and Borussia Dortmund, um, and would kind of represent a completely different style uh, at the club. So I, I mean, again, I, I'm not sure which direction Newcastle are going to go in, but I think that uh, it really, it, it becomes a question of how quickly do you want to ramp up this process of becoming a quote unquote competitive football club, which I think will take, you know, three, a minimum of three years for Newcastle to get there. Um, and, you know, which manager you think would be able to stylistically kind of lay the groundwork um, for what you're looking for going forward. Yeah. And I think, I think another thing to point out with Eddie is that uh, 
sim he's worked with i'm not going to say like like i'll say this players at roma and dortmund far better than players in newcastle just as a team of course like just just the talent they had to work with and w- implemented great systems but had like w- like you know world-class players in their own regard you know guys who are playing regularly for their national teams and um, we already know who like the, the dortmund lineup that 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 favre had i mean the likes of Sancho, the likes of uh, Holland. I mean, just Axel Witzel he brought in. Uh, having two of – literally, at, at, a, at a certain point in time, you could argue probably the two best wingbacks in all of Europe just, you know, as a unit in uh, Guerrero and, uh, and Hakimi. Like, again, it's you're not getting that in Newcastle. So, I think immediately, if you wanted an immediate turnaround, Eddie would probably be your best bet um, because Bournemouth, that solid defensively, um, you know, in an idea, solid defensively. I think Eddie was kind of screwed with. I don't think Bournemouth had all that too great of defenders outside of Nathan Ake, like a lot of question marks. But you could tell there was a, an idea to to be somewhat solid defensively and and play some free flow and counterattacking football. Um, Fonseca again, somewhat solid in defense, but but uh, way more known for um what he does in the final third with his team. Same with Favre, again, solid in defense, uh, known for the final third. Both uh, Fonseca and Favre ran three in the back systems. Um, they adapted from four two three ones and then went three four two one. You could potentially see that meshing well in Newcastle already with our current setup, um, with already playing three center backs. Um, and you know the issue is just are these three center backs going to be able to meet the demands that either one of those two managers would have on on their their center backs? I mean, you're still talking about really good center backs that they had and not to knock anyone in Newcastle, but we haven't seen that level of really good center back. I mean, even in terms of ball playing ability, shares probably the closest you've got. Um, and then of course, RIP Florian Lejeune was probably another one. Um, but in terms of just like ability defensively to, to just allow for the rest of the team to attack. I just, I don't know if we, we have that line, but again, we've been watching under Steve Bruce. Like, I, I mean, I don't know the Rafa, the Rafa years, we were very solid in defense. So, uh, and it's, it's yeah. damn near the same back line. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it'll be interesting. Um, I think, uh, again, represents three different sort of ways you want to go. Um, I think Eddie is one who would be comfortable staying with Newcastle through thick and thin. Um, but either one of those other two, I, I think the, the pressure would be much more on them to compete a little bit quicker uh, than, than Eddie. And again, the priority is to stay in the prem. Um, and, and I don't know, I think that's, that's the first thing you have to do. And for this, for this ownership group, the second thing is like you said, Zach, earlier on, um, they, they, you know, it takes time. You have to get this move right, um, to start things off, uh, because not only are you worried about safety, but you're also setting the tone for the direction of your club over at least the next three seasons. And so, I mean, regardless of how much money you spend, like whoever you bring in is going to also help determine who you buy and like what kind of players you buy. Are you going to go young? Are you going to go and and it in fairness, these three guys perfectly capable with younger players, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it's an interesting little situation that we're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that a, a central defender is, is probably top one or two uh, of the wish list in January. I'd be very surprised if Newcastle doesn't bring in another center back. I know James Tarkovsky uh, is the name that's being most 
heavily floated with a, a potential move to Newcastle, and that would be a quite significant upgrade to our current personnel. But yeah, I mean, there, there are benefits, there are pros and cons to any of these managers, both in terms of, you know, their levels of experience uh, at a, just a purely quantifiable level of how many years they've been managers, uh, as well as uh, the level of what, you know, what level in European football they have managed at Fonseca and Favre both have managed in, you know, the Champions League. And, and, and have won leagues. Let's, yeah, don't forget, yeah. they've both won leagues, multiple yeah. leagues. So it's like... Yeah, it's it's a completely different, uh, you know, completely different than what you got with Steve Bruce, who, you know, the best he's done is 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 automatic promotion and a uh, cup final with Hull. Um, and shout out to Hull City, who um, they want Steve Bruce back, so um, they can they can have him. He's available. Um, Absolutely. Zach, do you have anything else you have uh, regarding these three? Um, and for the record, I think Fonseca is the one that's getting the most sort of a uh, I guess most uh, traction as of recent since the Bruce firing uh, uh, reportedly talks have mm-hmm. opened with him. Um, but again, uh, two days ago, it was Eddie Howe, it was Eddie Howe who was, uh, who was the one who was favored. Uh, so we, we honestly don't know him, but maybe by the time this pod comes out, uh, we have a new manager and this whole segment was stupid because, <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't know, Zach, any, uh, any other thoughts? No, I mean, I think that Newcastle, again, will be in a much better off position regardless of who takes the reins next. Uh, I do think it's an interesting point that you made of, you know, how willing are uh, managers such as Fonseca and Favre to to kind of wade through perhaps a few years of the, the rebuild that Newcastle will undoubtedly have to go under um, in order to get to a place of, you know, ideally being com- competitive in your domestic league, your domestic cups and you know, farther down the road in Europe, uh, whereas how has been there, he's done that. Um, so yeah, a very interesting question. I, I, I think, you know, no wrong way to go and very excited to see what direction, uh, Newcastle does go in. And as you said, it, whether it be in the next few days, the next few weeks, next few months, or at the end of the season. Okay. And cool. The closing. So I got one question for you, Zach, one more, which player right. you can only pick one. Um, and, and to make this fun, I'll choose a different player than you, but which player okay. will benefit the most, um, from a new manager? Mm. I will, whew, that's, that's, a, I, I thought you were going to ask me which player would I keep on at Newcastle? Uh, well, that's no, I mean, uh, well, that's a stupid question. I'll say Maxman. It's just like, but this you have yeah. to think like, who do you think has been misused? Who do you, like, it's just an interesting like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I literally just thought about this. So yeah, I'm I like this slant. I, no, no, no. That's exactly what I was going to say. ASM is the easy answer to that, that first question. Um, who will benefit most from a new manager? It's between two players for me, uh, but for, for sake of, you know, no, you your, go your two, you know, no, do your two, do your two. Do my, do my two. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, I will, I will, I will say it's Miggy Almarone and Joe Willick. Uh, for me, I think those two players in, in very different ways, Miggy Almarone, you know, it, it's become quite well known how how much his game has suffered being played uh, in various incorrect positions, whether it's a <laughs> defensive midfielder or whether it's, you know, at times as the number nine, as the the only man at the top of uh, a five man midfield um, 
So Miggy, in terms of being able to actually utilize him in the right position and, and Willick, because he is a, a young player who is still kind of coming into his own. And I think is at a really pivotal time in his career to be taught and molded by a, a manager who frankly, for lack of any better words, knows what he's doing. So it's, it's really those two uh, for me without a doubt. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll follow my two. Um, I think one that I think will be an underrated one that I don't think people will know because of the position they won't make that they won't pay attention to it much. But I do think Jamal Lewis is in that same category of he, I, I he, thought you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. He, he came from a, a Norwich team that was not very good defensively, but there was clearly promise there between him and Max Aaron's um, at those fullback positions and just like has had his moments at Newcastle. But his biggest thing has been consistency. And ultimately, Steve Bruce, uh, he has his 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 biases and his favorites, and he opted to go with experience. And we've been playing Matt Ritchie, um, who really, I mean, I keep people keep saying he's this isn't his he's Matt Ritchie at this stage in his career is a left wing back. I, it's like he he has played this position at Newcastle for almost four years now, so like it's fair to say, like he's in his repertoire to play left wing back. Is he a good left wing back? No. But he is he's officially learned the position. Um, I think that yeah. Jamal Lewis, like I, I just think he did not have the proper support uh, and proper like, I guess, staff in place to really work with him to improve some of his areas where he's at fault, because I think it is kind of insane that he's been frozen out of the team, given how good he has been. And, and there was another player, like Javi Mankio was very similar to that, where, you know, sure. between him and Yedlin and like we, we of course, where Yedlin stands here, but. Javi Mankio definitely had some promise and eventually went out the job. And you're like, it, it kind of did not lose the job for a while um, uh, towards the end of the Rafa's time and the beginning of Steve Bruce's time. So uh, I think Jamal Lewis is definitely going to be a sneaky benefit. And I also think Joel Linton's going to slightly take, yeah. take a, a, a further leap forward. He's another player where I don't think when Newcastle scouted them, they realized how specific that system that he was playing in was, was there to benefit him. And I think they thought that they could, they could take a player um, and kind of plug him into where they thought that he, that, that, you know, he fit. And that's just not the case. And I think Jolinton one, his confidence has gone up. He's actually looked decent this season. I'd have to say playing out a little bit wider, playing or as playing like as a second striker. So I think there, there's a way to get the most out of Jolinton and there's a way to, to push him to be better and a way to build his confidence. And I don't know if Steve yep. Bruce is coddling, was really the best solution for him. Um, and I think that that's someone who could probably benefit. I don't know if Joel Linton's ever going to turn in that 40 million pound player, but I do think Joel Linton could, could finish this season with five or six goals in the prem if utilized yeah. correctly. I just think that there, there's like, you see flashes of it. You see his work rate off the ball um, has definitely improved. And just some of his technical ability is getting there. I think he just needs to have some of the more of those strikers instincts and, and some and figure out where he fits in spacing wise in the attack. And I think that he he's actually due for, for a decent bit of an upgrade. Yeah. That was I fun like that. To, to end on that. That was fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, like that. Yeah. Uh, well, that has been another episode of CHN radio. Um, I'm Elijah Newsom. That was Zach Pensack. Be sure to follow your boys on all the socials and uh, away the lads. Away the lads. Yeah. Looking forward to the future. Cause I couldn't find a job, 
But I wish I was on the case side Looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'll walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'll kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how weird I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes There's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog at St James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine Walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how weird I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rear, I'm coming home.